with another episode of Walk and Chew Gum, where we analyze some of the, the worldviews of some of the biggest things in pop culture. My name is Chike. My name is James. Happy almost Thanksgiving. Yeah, it's gonna turkey be a, day. It's one of my favorite holidays. I oh, love. Is it? It is. I. This is my problem. I'm already gonna get on soapbox. I'm already. I'm, I'm coming in hot. Uh, just after the last episode, I feel like both of us are like, man, we can just come in hot now. If you didn't l- listen to our last episode on the midterms, it is well worth your time because I think this will be a very valuable resource for even future episodes, for even future installments of voting. So if you want to know how the Christians should feel about voting and politics in general, please go back and listen to last time's episode. That's episode five. And James, again, did a fantastic job of giving his, I'm going to call you Pastor, Pastor James now. Preacher James. Preacher James. But anyway, back to my soapbox. I I love Thanksgiving and people don't give Thanksgiving its time, which is why I'm so adamant about doing Christmas after Thanksgiving. But unfortunately, because I am overruled in my own house, I have Christmas lights up. We have our tree up. We have all of our decorations up. And, you know, I'm not sure you understand Siri. (laughs) (laughs) If you heard that, that's Siri going off in the background. I don't know what happened with that. I think she sided with the other members of your family. Yeah, she did. But I'm outnumbered. But anyway, we have Christmas up, which is fine. I mean, in my neighborhood, everyone's got their Christmas lights up and it's it's Christmas time. But again, Thanksgiving time is here. And we are going to do a couple of things for this episode. First off, we're going to get a little, we're going to start lighthearted. We're going to kind of cascade down into the depths of uh, the spiciness as we go forward. So we're going to talk a little bit about Thanksgiving and the cultural context behind Thanksgiving just because it was fun and I was pulling up some fun and interesting facts in case you are unaware about Thanksgiving. And then we're going to get into our main topic, which is Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Uh, James and I both saw this in theater and it wasn't the best theater experience that I had, mostly because there was this kid next to us that just kept talking throughout the movie. If you are a parent, do not take your child to an eight o'clock movie when they're 8 p.m. Put them to bed, please. Like, this was a three-hour movie. We got out of the theater like almost 11. So, put your kid to bed, please. <laughs> <laughs> this is a parenting tip. This is a I parenting guess. tip. Do not keep your child hire up that long. Hire a babysitter. Long. Yeah, or hire, yeah, hire a babysitter. Like, anyway. And don't get the popcorn so you can pay for her or him. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, we're going to get into that. And reminder, we go full spoilers. We do not mince anything because to be able to talk about the worldviews we got to get into all of the spoilers but first up let's talk about thanksgiving how about that james let's do it feel about that how how do you feel about thanksgiving i i didn't celebrate thanksgiving probably until 2008 or 9 so i was in college when i went to my first thanksgiving meal wait really yeah i didn't think i knew that what what were you doing what was happening in your family before all of that we slept oh. like because my parents were entrepreneurs or business owners. Oh, right? yeah. You owned a so, restaurant, didn't yeah. you? Well, yeah. Well, yeah. at that time, yeah, we did. So Thanksgiving Day is a really slow day in right. the restaurant world because yeah. everybody's eating at home. Yep. So that was actually one day we would, if you owned a restaurant, usually closed. Right. In Koreatown, or I guess it's out that 
they do open back up at nighttime because everybody ate during the morning or yeah, the afternoon. Yeah. And then you're like, well, I don't want to eat leftovers or cook again. So they'll go out and eat. That's right. You are, you until recently were never about leftovers. Yeah, that's right. It's still a crazy concept to me. The fact yeah. that you never believed in leftovers until you got married. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, but yeah, lived like a king, lived like a king. That's right. Not a Wakandan king, but we'll get there. We'll get there later mm-hmm. or a Talacan king. But anyway, let's talk about some Thanksgiving. So if you are unaware of the history of Thanksgiving or if you need a refresher course, I'm going to take you through some some fun little little tidbits about Thanksgiving uh, that you probably learned when you were in school or may have forgotten about. But anyway, Thanksgiving, the very first Thanksgiving meal was started Back in November 24th, 1621, when the uh, pilgrims of Plymouth, the Plymouth colonists in, in the Manchi, the, the Mashpee Wampanoag, I was trying to say this right, the Wampanoag. Did I say, did I say that right? The Wampanoag. Wampanoag. Wampanoag tribe. Yeah, the Indian tribe. They came together. They had a big feast. And that was the first Thanksgiving. In fact, when the colonists came over on the Mayflower. A lot of them actually died and had a bunch of sicknesses, but the Indians, specifically one named Squanto, helped them cultivate land and helped them make food and build crops. And when those crops decided to yield, then they had their first Thanksgiving feast in 1621. But it wasn't until Lincoln, President Abraham Lincoln, made it a national holiday in 1863 during this civil war. And it was actually through the prodding of Sarah Joseph Hale, who is the writer of Mary Had a Little Lamb. So without her, we wouldn't have Thanksgiving or as a national holiday or Mary Had a Little Lamb. This is the weird connect. So she actually wrote the political figures at the time, 36 letters, like for 30, like 36 straight years. She just kept writing that we should make Thanksgiving a national holiday. That's how much she loved wanted to do this holiday and then she was earned the title of the mother of thanksgiving i did not know that i know awesome. i didn't know that too that shout out to the history channel for the history for these facts. channel yeah. all and the conspiracy theories that come out of that one too i know that's true <laughs> but it's the history channel yeah you think there wouldn't be conspiracy theories but yeah. that's neither here nor there uh but there's a quote from lincoln and so uh in his proclamation he and Treated to all Americans to ask God to commend to his tender care all those who have been become widows, orphans, mourners, and sufferers in the uh, lamentable civil strife and to heal the wounds of the nation. So this is is interesting that he made Thanksgiving a national holiday in the midst of where Americans are violently fought, fighting each other, like we're brothers are just killing each other left and right and you have so much strife between the north and the south but in the midst of that link is like hey we need to come together in this moment and create a national holiday where we come together as a family and enjoy a very large meal together so that's really interesting and then some of the commercialism comes out when fdr decided to move it up a week so thanksgiving always resides on the fourth thursday Mm-hmm. of November. Mm-hmm. But FDR tried to move it up a week in order to spur retail sales and call it Franksgiving, but then he was shot down by the general public and then it became what it is now. Why Franksgiving? I don't know. Oh, okay. I didn't I didn't see I tried to look that up. I was like, I don't know why it was that. But anyway, that was that was it. But I will say 
He 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 accomplished his mission. He did. Because in America we have Black Friday. We do have Black and Friday. Cyber Monday. And Cyber Monday. Yeah. yeah. And there's some interesting facts about that. But if you're listening to this and you're thinking that, hey, I'm painting a very positive brush on Thanksgiving, you would be correct because that's how we were taught in school. But I know people do see this holiday very differently than most people because the pilgrims and the Indians didn't always get along. It was very violent, very bloody, a lot of pillaging, a lot of colonizing. We'll get to colonization when we talk about Wakanda forever. Uh, but also processors have referred to, referred to this day as the National Day of Mourning for the uh, the Indian tribes, for the indigenous peoples, so to speak. So in case you were wondering, like, hey, maybe I'm, bra- I'm kind of whitewashing this national holiday. Yeah, there are people that that think differently. So I'm sure you'll see that if you're on social media, you'll always see the post where people like, remember, this is a day where indigenous people peoples were wiped out. This wasn't just a flowery day where pilgrims came together and had a meal with the Indians, which I think is more is historically accurate, but mm-hmm. there's obviously their bloody history, which is in everything throughout history with all humanity. So that's just the thing. Yeah. But yeah. So that's some st- historical facts. Let me give you some fun, interesting facts. So most of the time when we are in a Thanksgiving meal, we're eating turkey, obviously. But according to William Bradford on uh, on his book, Plymouth Plantation, it's a famous account of the founding of the Plymouth Commonly. He remarked of the fall harvest that year that there was a great store of wild turkeys of which they took many besides venison, etc. Wild but not domestic. Turkey was indeed plentiful in the region and in common food source for both English settlers and Native Americans. But it is just as likely that the fall, the fowling party returned with other birds we know the colonists regularly consume, such as ducks, geese, and swans. Instead of bread-based stuffing, herbs, onions, or nuts might have been added to the birds for extra flavor. So it's actual stuffing inside of the bird, which is why I always call it stuffing. Now, culturally speaking, black people, we call it dressing. That's just what I was I was told when I was a kid. We called it dressing or stuffing. But it's kind of like the whole sweet potatoes versus yams argument. Mm. Like, what do you I, I don't know if you care enough because no. you don't. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever they told me in 2008 is probably what I call it. If you're day. listening, what do you think? You think it's yams or you think it's sweet potatoes? I, th- I call I call sweet potatoes. Okay. So yams go. just sounds weird to me. It's weird. But more food stuff. Did you know, James, that there was also shellfish during the colonial period that they used on Thanksgiving? So they all they would have mussel with curds, lobster, bass, clams, and oysters. So if you are cooking lobster on Thanksgiving, you're doing it just like the colonists did. So shouts out to you, obviously, because a lot of these people lived on in the new England on the coast and you find a lot of fresh fish out there. So like, why wouldn't you have good lobster at Thanksgiving, especially if you live near like some very good waters. So, yep. Yeah. Another food based fact That's where I would be. I know this is all food based facts. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Now that I'm learning (laughs) is that Turkey, which is known for its tryptophan. If you've heard that, uh, heard that a lot of times is not actually not known for the food coma. Like, everyone's going to go into their food comas. We're going to watch their football. We're going to watch the Cowboys lose. I'm not a Cowboys fan, so I'm going to shout out the Cowboys loss. So, sorry, Cowboys fans. <laughs> uh, but the reason why 
we actually get our turkey comas or we all take our Thanksgiving naps is because we're consuming so much carbs and fats. So we're eating our stuffings, we're eating our pies, we're eating our breads, and then it allows the tryptophan chemical in the turkey to affect our body in a way that makes us take a nap. So if you're just eating turkey on its own, it's not going to affect you as much as you would eating turkey and then stuffing and then cranberry sauce and sweet potato pie and then more bread. You put it on top of that. You do it all over again. You get a second helping and you get leftover ice cream. Oh, man. I'm so excited for Thanksgiving. I did not know that it's the combination. It's the combination of of high fats, high carbs, all that. So, Mm. yeah, a little bit of nutrition. Um, Yeah, so that's most of the interesting food-based facts. A couple of uh, interesting money-related facts, and this one's actually kind of sad. It says, in 2022, and this is from Finder.com. It's a little little stat here. It says, in 2022, Americans will spend an estimated $1.1 billion on turkeys, and it's an increase of roughly $151 million from the $985 million paid for Thanksgiving turkeys in 2021. And this is definitely due to inflation. So, yeah, we're spending a lot on food. We're also spending a lot on shopping because everybody's going to spend money on Black Friday. You going to be Black Friday shopping? Um, do you have your list? Checking it twice. Mm, <laughs> I do have a list, um, but it's not like I'm going out and buying a TV. I'm buying some like ring cameras. Oh, yeah, yeah. that's a good idea. I didn't think about that. <laughs> but some good deals. that's basically what I'm buying. Are you going to go to a store or are you going to shop online? No, I have to shop online. Yeah, most people actually shop online. I think yeah. like it's a very high percentage of people, especially post post pandemic where everyone is like going just i'm gonna just wake up and not have to worry about standing in line well but, i think i well i think it kind of came with amazon because well amazon and but when, people used to stand in line oh i've done that before yeah. i've stood in line i did tar- that one time and it, i said never again yeah i've stood a lot at target and i've not been a part of those you've ever watched those videos it's kind of a weird pastime where you watch black friday like fights online like people actually go crazy like this is like a lot of the commercialism of black friday it's crazy because people go nuts what are they they fighting over they're fighting over tvs oh so you go into the store and you've got to get that tv you got to get the best deal on tv and people are fighting over it like go online and just search up black friday and you'll see like some crazy stuff online and i've seen it in real life like I've been to a Walmart when they open up and people go insane. Like people are pushing over each other. They're like ripping over all the, cause the stores, the way that they lay out the stores is that they have their specific sections for black Friday deals. It's, it's nuts, man. You should experience it at least once in your life. No, I'm good. <laughs> I don't have time for that. You don't have time for that. Mm-hmm. But speaking of black Friday, you know, a recent poll shows that the average shopper spends approximately $430 on Black Friday. It's a big day for retail stores. And I think there's over like 150 million people in America that shop on Black Friday. And then there's probably millions more that shop on Cyber Monday because they're smart. <laughs> or they just have better deals. Is that true? I think it's about the same amount of deals. Oh, okay. It, just, it depends on what it is that you're looking for. Uh-huh. Uh, turns out video games usually have the best deals during black friday like tech like tech like video games computers uh tvs um other things regarding tech always have the best deals it's usually like you can either find like a 50 sometimes 70 or 80 percent off 
deal on something. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. Yeah. You, so You we, would think that they would have better deals on Cyber Monday for all the things that basically left over. I think so. I could be wrong. Someone fact check me. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it could be. But anyway, yeah. So we come together as a family <laughs> and then we eat, we pass out, we watch football, and then we go fight someone at a store. That is the American tradition, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> that's or what, what it has become. That's what we do now. Good job, FDR. <laughs> Good job. So, but again, um, and do you have any family traditions speaking of that? No. No. Uh, yeah, I keep man, it's so it's so weird talking about Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> With someone who's just not yeah. bought bought into it. Um I mean now, I guess What do you do now that you with your family? Like with your wife and kids? Yeah, so we'll have Thanksgiving with her because both sides of the family are local. We'll have Thanksgiving in the morning with her family and then mm-hmm. Thanksgiving in the evening with my family. Right. That's it. Okay. And we just go home, put the kids to bed. Sounds great. Yeah. Hey, we just eat, just eat twice. <laughs> that's basically what ours is. Do you get no up in fighting. the morning and you eat leftovers? Like you eat turkey sandwiches? No. Oh my gosh. What are you, what are you doing, man? No. What is going on? Someone <laughs> who's listening, any <laughs> listener, find James a good family tradition for his family. Oh, we have a tradition the day after. Oh, what do you do? We go buy the Christmas tree. So oh, we actually wait. So you you respect we, you yes, respect the, I respect the, the sanctity of Thanksgiving. Yes, I do. I My do. wife is listening right now. Understand that this is what they do, and this is what I've been pushing you, for. You went with us. You both went with us that I one did. time. Yes, we went to go buy a tree. Yes, I yeah. do remember that. That is what we do. Yeah, the day after Thanksgiving. See, this is why I love you. <laughs> That's why I respect you. Yeah, that's right. And I'm right. glad that we're doing this podcast yep. because you understand the sovereignty of Thanksgiving. And I don't listen to Christmas music before Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yeah. See, man. I've already heard um, Mariah Carey's I've heard All it, I Want I've heard Christmas. it way too many times. I've already heard it this year. Like, yeah. yeah. That's the siren song of Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> It's, uh, Speaking of sirens, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> uh, just wanted to drop some scripture on you before we move on to Wakanda Forever. Just Philippians four four through six says, "Rejoice in the Lord always." Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And I know holiday season can be hard. For a number of different reasons, family members pass away or you're not able to see family members or you yourself are struggling mentally and physically. But just remember to rejoice in the Lord and to lean on him and not on your own understanding. Mm. And we hope that as we move further into this holiday season, that you remember that his promises are true Mm -hmm. and that uh, we love you in, in anything that you're doing. And thank you so much for listening to us and we hope that we can encourage you with uh with the things that we say and hopefully uh you know i know we'll be held accountable for everything that we say (laughs) but we hope we just appreciate you and we love you and you know as you go into this holiday season know that you are loved by the most high god so Mm. as we celebrate this day that talks about colonialism so speaking of colonists wakanda forever (laughs) Good I told segment. you I was going to do yeah, it. Yeah, you did it. Before we you started recording, I was like, I'm going to segue like this. 
<laughs> so let's get into Black Panther Wakanda oh. forever. Please take it away. I've been talking for forever. No, it's all good. It's because I have no <laughs> You have no thoughts on I have no thoughts on Thanksgiving besides eating twice. Yes. Um Oh, I guess we used to run the turkey trot, but all right, let's okay, get it. There you yeah, go. Let's jump into Black Panther Wakanda forever. So before we get started, um, we do have to pay respects to Mr. Chadwick Boseman, yes. who plays T'Challa, um, the king of Wakanda. Yep. Um, he passed away. He tragically passed away from colon cancer after Black Panther came out in 2018. The man had colon cancer for six years, didn't tell anybody yeah, about it. Yeah, bad respect. Yeah. There was an interview yeah. that I heard uh, where Ryan Coogler, the director, was talking about when he was training for scenes between him and Michael B. Jordan. There were times where it felt like it would take Chadwick a little bit of time to to like get back in the fight and get mm-hmm. back in the scene. And he's just like, oh, man, maybe he's just tired this day. Or he just felt like it was harder for him to speak or was hurting. But he was like, man, he's dying. Like mm. the cancer is getting to him in this moment. So like with that context, knowing that he was struggling with cancer and no one around him knew mm. that, like, I think that just hit a lot harder. Yeah. So, yeah, he passed away in August of 2020. Yeah. Um, from everything I've read about his life and his faith, um, it looks to me that he was a Christian man who demonstrated his faith throughout his life. Yeah. Um, which brings me great joy that he is a brother in Christ mm-hmm. and this will not be the last time we will see him. So Mr. Chadwick or brother Chadwick Boseman, we will see you soon. Yeah, man. Well respected. I have mm-hmm. nothing but good things. Like all the movies that he was involved in mm-hmm. smash hits. The first yeah. movie I ever saw him in was, uh, was 42, the Jackie oh, yeah. Robinson story. Man. Great. I think that's probably what kind of set him on the path to where he became mm-hmm. as well known as he is. Yeah. And now he's like immortalized. What's really cool about the start of the movie Wakanda forever mm-hmm. is that how Marvel does all of the logos. All of it is, is just the black Panther and Chadwick Boseman. And it's in silence too, mm-hmm. because most yeah. of the times you'll have the, the, the theme. music, the theme, yeah. but it's just in silence, just honoring his memory. And mm-hmm. it's one of the great things that this movie does well. Yeah. So, Mad respect, and we will see you soon, brother. Yeah. So, with that being said, um, Chadwick Boseman's passing really resonated um, in the beginning of the movie and also the ending. Um, and uh, death in a superhero movie is pretty iffy. Um, superheroes don't really die. Um, and I think one example is now is going to be the Scarlet Witch. Because... I heard mm. I heard she's not done. Well, because we're in a multiverse saga. Right. So no one's actually dead. Right. They may I be dead in this universe, but in this other universe, they're still around. Right. But we won't see T'Challa as no. Chadwick Boseman. So yeah, yeah, there's there's been talks of like recasting. Like, right. do you recast T'Challa? And we'll get to that in a minute. You can technically recast T'Challa, but it'll just be a little bit of time before mm-hmm. that moment happens. Right. Or it will have to be in a different... It'll have to be un- in a different yeah. universe. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, the movie really captures the finality of death. Right. Um, and and it's felt it feels very real. Mm-hmm. Um, you can feel the grief that's like interwoven all throughout the movie. And I really appreciate that. And because of that, 
using grief and pain, this movie had lots of great potential for a great story. Mm-hmm. Um, so let me, for those that haven't watched it yet, we'll kind of set it up so that you guys can kind of get an idea of what's happening. So T'Challa is gone. The protector of Wakanda is gone. So you have this country, which is referred to a couple of times throughout the movie, which is the most powerful country on earth. And it's because of their resources, which is vibranium. Mm -hmm. And vibranium is this super strong metal that is basically not destroyable, I guess. Um, It is stronger than titanium, but very light. It's what Captain America's shield is made out of. Right. And also Bucky's arm. Bucky's arm. Yeah. I think, was it Wolverine's? Wolverine's Claws is adamantium. It's a different fictional metal. Yep. Okay. So you have this country that is currently in this period of like, what do we do now? Our king is gone. Our protector is gone. And then on top of this, um, you have all these other countries around the world that are like, we want that resource. And T'Challa made it known. We have all this stuff. Um, And Wakanda doesn't want to give it. Rightfully so, because they're kind of suspicious about what are these other nations going to do with vibranium. Right. If it comes into their hands. So, um that's kind of how the story jumps off. You have multiple villains throughout the movie. So you have the United States, yeah. you have France, and then you have this underwater kingdom. The, that, Talo, the Talocans. The, the Talocan. And, and so what happens is U.S. and France, or I guess all these other countries. The U.N. And the U.N. Yeah, yeah, basically the U.N. They're like... We need to find vibranium. We know Wakanda is not going to give it. We need to find another place. Mm -hmm. So they go searching into the depths of the sea. And uh, this does not make the underwater kingdom very happy because they were unknown. No one knew that there was an underwater kingdom. So uh, this particular nation, this particular kingdom comes to Wakanda and says, hey, either join us in destroying the surface world. Right. Or we'll destroy you first. Right. And that's basically the jumping off point. Um, and while this is all happening, uh, Shuri, who is T'Challa's sister, um, is grieving the loss of her brother. So now you have the rest of the world trying to attack Wakanda and this now known underwater kingdom. And then you have the people of Wakanda struggling with the grief of losing their protector and king. Yeah, so that's basically the premise of Wakanda Forever. Anything else you would like to add? No, not really. Um, Yeah, I think that's a good summation of what it is. It's just a follow-up sequel and to what they're doing. And it's just a tough situation where you have, you had Chadwick Boseman pass away and then you're kind of having to elevate essentially all the side characters of the story to carry this movie, which we'll get into here in a second. But Mm -hmm. as we normally do, we're going to get into our four questions to analyze the worldview of this movie. So the first one we got here is what is the good that we can celebrate, promote, protect, and preserve. And right off the bat, biggest thing is them handling the death of T'Challa in the movie. Mm. The beginning of I think it was weird that they said it wasn't like that he died of an unknown virus in the movie. Again, 
-hmm. spoilers for this entire movie. In case you missed it before, spoiler warning. This is your spoiler warning. Again, going to spoil this movie. (laughs) But anyway. At least you only said the first two minutes. Yeah, but he dies of T'Challa dies of an unknown illness. Um, And so you don't really know what it is. So I don't. Yeah, it's weird that they that they that they set that up, but the way that they handled the funeral, the way that they respected the man, you have him mm. throughout that is just great. The way that its its theme is like how you handle grief, mm-hmm. and so Letitia Wright, who plays Shuri in the movie, is having she's like she's the main focus, she's our main character, and so we're having to see her deal with the grief of losing her brother, mm-hmm. and she deals with a lot of loss in this movie. Mm-hmm. And so she's having to, she's only, she already lost her father and she lost her brother. And so now it's just her and her mom at the beginning of this. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, her mom, Queen Ramonda is now like basically come out of retirement to assume the role of queen of Wakanda. And she's just immersed in her work as this brilliant tech genius scientist. And yeah, how she processes grief, how they deal with that. The main theme of that is great. And there's a scene that we'll get into later which I think was fantastic. I think we both were like, oh man, this was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think Angela Bassett as Cream Ramonda did fantastic. Like mm-hmm. she, she has a very powerful performance in this movie. I think it's because again, she dies in this movie. So I think it's because this was like her last, you know, this is her last go at it because her character dies mm. that this is like, her giving it her all. And I think it's also because all the actors are feeling the weight of losing Chadwick Boseman. Mm-hmm. And so there's their like actual real grief happening for these people, mm-hmm. like in the world and outside of the world. And so they're able to channel a lot of that emotion into their acting. So I think the acting is elevated to a level that is like, way better than it would be if Chadwick Boseman was still alive. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because since he's passed away and all these people worked with him and knew him in the way that he passed away and how much of an impact he had on the movie, they're able to like use that emotion and just take this, take their acting to the next level. So I would say like 10 out of 10 acting for everybody, mm-hmm. but especially for Angela Bassett, mm-hmm. Bassett, who has always been a great uh, actress like for decades. Yeah. I mean, what I really appreciated is is along that same lines with specifically about death and you you see the struggle within Shuri um, trying to because her character is a very techno savvy scientific character so she's constantly wanting to get busy with and busy with technology and she's tinkering right. around to like not deal with the pain and the grief um, so she's constantly leaning into what she's familiar with. But the spiritual element that of having to deal with what happens after death right. keeps hitting her. Like she's running into that wall every yeah. time throughout this movie. I mean, she even goes um, at one point as far as to say, like, if I don't lean into technology, I will burn right. the world down. Yeah, she she doesn't she she doesn't want to feel the grief that she has for mm-hmm. her brother. Like there's a moment when Queen Ramonda and Shuri are at like, you know, it's a year after this day, like the movie takes place a year after the funeral. And so they're both at a, at a pond and 
uh, Queen Ramonda is asking Shuri to burn her funeral garments, which she has not done yet. And mm-hmm. she was talking about how how Queen Ramonda is saying like how she how it helped process her grief where she mm-hmm. is feeling the presence of T'Challa with her. And Shuri responds like, that's just a construct in your mind. Yeah. Like that's not real. And so she's using technology and science to kind of rationalize this feeling of like, that's not, that's not how I deal with it. Yeah. That's not, that's not how I feel. Like she's too, she's too smart yeah. <laughs> to understand like, this is how, like you just need to sit and process. Yeah. And I think that's a very real thing that we experience in human, yeah. like in like in the real world where sometimes when something hits us, we tend to like bury ourselves mm-hmm. in like our work and our family and all that. And we don't allow ourselves a moment to like process yeah. like, Hey, I need to maybe just need to sit here and let myself like process, maybe have a good cry. Mm-hmm. Like there's nothing wrong with that. Like allow yourself to like get to that point of maybe anguish mm-hmm. and like go through that emotion. Yeah. Like just go through it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Man, that you just made me remember a time in my life where I think, I think right now, especially with social media and technology, actually everybody struggles with this very component of when something tragic happens, the easiest way for us to deal with it is like watch YouTube or Instagram or get into, get busy with technology. Um, Kind of like a sedate yourself. almost. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember when I was on a cruise ship and Nelson Mandela passed away while we were on the cruise ship Mm. and it was, and, and I was on this cruise ship for 10 days and that's all people talked about for 10 days Yeah, because we didn't have technology to see if oh, everything yeah. else in the world was happening. We right. didn't, I didn't even know at that time. That's when, uh, we had one of the, so it wasn't the winter storm from like two years ago in Texas, but it was like the one before that, where there was all the snow in Texas. And when we were landing back in our port, um, I think it was like 2000, I don't remember. It's like uh, 2012, right? 2011? No, it was more like 2015 or something. Okay. But I didn't know it froze over. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. yeah like I landed on the port and I was wearing basketball shorts <laughs> and I was like, what? This is Texas and there's snow everywhere. Yeah. And I'm was, like, that was a crazy one. but because we were so, um, what do you call it? Like, Immersed. So immersed in Nelson Mandela passing away, like everyone was talking about what right. they remember about him. Yeah. And it really was cool to see a whole cruise ship of people not on the internet talking and grieving and yeah. thinking and remembering. And it was it was great. I mean, if you take it upscale, think about nine eleven. Yeah. Like two thousand one right. technology wasn't as present. Mm-hmm. And we were kids we were kids back then. Yeah. And all I remember was the teachers just had TV, the TV on of the news the whole time. Like yeah. you see like news just circulating. That was all I saw. That was all we talked about when I went home. That was mm-hmm. all anyone ever talked about. And there were, there was a moment in American history where we were completely unified as a nation. Mm-hmm. Now what came out of that is a different story, but mm-hmm. in the moments that the two towers fell, yeah, this collective grief amongst the entire American people yeah. was very felt. Yeah. And the like, phrase at the time was united. We stand united. We stand. Yeah. Yeah. It's Which easy. is, that's the, that should be the core of our country. Right. And unfortunately that is not, we are no longer there mm-hmm. in that moment. We are very much divided as a nation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just to take it back to the movie, it's like, yeah, you need to be able to sit and feel that grief. And mm-hmm. Shuri doesn't do that in this moment. And her mom is trying to help her feel mm-hmm. that. Like, 
you know, that's why they're outside. That's why they're touching grass. That's not that you're away from technology. Like mm-hmm. she tells her not to take her kimono beads. Uh, ki- come on. Kyo kimono. I didn't say it right. Oh man. Her technology, her tech beads, <laughs> her tech beads, which allow her to like basically jack in. It's like her, her asking, Apple watch. Yeah. Basically her AirPods or Apple watch or your iPhone basically mm-hmm. sit that all away, come into nature and like feel the wind, feel mm-hmm. the trees. Like we don't do, I don't do that nearly enough mm-hmm. to like experience like all that God has created in this universe. Mm-hmm. Like to just be able to just have my feet touch the grass and just feel the wind. Not now cause it's too cold for that, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Yes. For so sure. yeah, I think that like the concept of grief, they handle it really well. Yeah. And, and, uh, one more thing that was great, um, was, um, as Shuri is struggling with grief, they go through the themes of vengeance versus mm. nobility. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. I, I feel like the movie was at its best when they showed that struggle within Shuri's soul and what type of person she wants to become. Yeah, let's talk about that. Yeah. So that that is reflected in a scene where, so part of this movie is that she's trying to Shuri's trying to recreate the heart-shaped herb, mm-hmm. which is, gives the abilities of the Black Panther, which is superhuman strength and agility and all that stuff. But because of what happened in the first movie with Killmonger, where he burned everything, like they, they don't have it anymore. Mm-hmm. So there, they can't. There can't be a Black Panther. And so even to try to save T'Challa's life at the beginning of the movie, she's trying to synthesize this, and she just can't figure it out. And just through. The in a little bit about Namor or Namor, Namor, which is sin Namor, a kid without love, which is like the way that they contextualize Namor is now he's like Aztec, more mind centered as opposed to like he's just being a white guy from Atlantis. So that was that's the comic book character. But in this movie, he's more like he's Aztec. He's Submariner. He's, he's the right. Submariner, but he's more like Aztec, like very like Quetzalcoatl or... I can't say the T the T one, but anyway, uh, but they are the also a nation underwater. The Talo the Talocan, mm-hmm. uh, Talocan is a nation underwater where they have built a nation out of vibranium, much like Wakanda. So they're mm-hmm. basically underwater Aztec Wakanda and Namor or Namor is their version of Black Panther. Mm-hmm. which he refers to himself as a mutant, which is crazy because now mutant is a thing. He actually is the first mutant. Yeah, I no, looked he is. That, I looked that I mean, up. He was uh, 1930s. Yeah, 1930s. First mutant in Marvel history. And he so, was referred to as the Submariner. The Submariner, yes. yeah. So him saying that is a that's a huge thing. And, you know, you already know mutants will be in the MCU yeah, eventually. That's right. Uh, but anyway, he they do meet, like Shuri and Nemora meet. And they talk about like their shared history and they're kind of having like kind of diplomatic relations. Yeah. Like, like you'll either help us or I'll destroy you mm-hmm. along with everyone else. Mm-hmm. And like, I can't let you do this. I can't let you kill this scientist who built vibranium out of a box of scraps. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll get there in a second. <laughs> Good to talk about Riri. Uh, but anyway, uh, on the point I was making is that she receives uh, a bracelet that his mom had, which is has elements of the heart shaped herb, which she is does allow her to recreate the heart shaped herb, and so she takes it and it sends her in the into the ancestral plane. And I thought this was going to be a weird one because I thought they were going to like do a CG version of Chadwick Boseman. I was like, there's no way they would be this dumb 
to like <laughs> respect him so much at the beginning and then have a recreated like AI version of Chadwick Boseman. Like there's no way oh, they would not, man. they would disrespect his My brain like didn't even go there. I thought I was like, it's either going to be him or his, or her mom. So who else would it be? Killmonger, which is yeah. crazy. Yeah. Which Michael B. Jordan does a great job. Yeah. That like, was a huge Easter egg. -er. I was like, oh man. I was like, and in watching like Easter eggs of this, um, you talked about how it deals with themes of vengeance mm -hmm. and there's a, at the beginning movie she talked about how she wants to burn it all the ground. That's a moment. Uh, I, I was watching a video on this where they talk about that's a moment where Killmonger is like she summons basically summons Killmonger into her mind in the ancestral plane because mm -hmm. she's experiencing feelings of grief, but also vengeance towards mm -hmm. like the rest of the world. Yep. Which Killmonger himself experienced that. And so there's a connection between them as cousins. Yep. Where he's like, like you brought me here. Like mm -hmm. this is not, this is what this is what you feel. And so it shows like you know the the throne room burning. It's it's really cool. Like yeah. they have a really good conversation. Yeah, and he, th those two aren't the only characters that basically have uh, have that vengeance as a worldview. Right in that moment, because Namor is also his whole entire worldview is vengeance. Right. So like, yeah, from the moment he was born. Yeah, from the moment he was born. I mean, there he that that's basically what it is. So it's like you see vengeance multiple times throughout right. the movie, and then they talk about T'Challa, and they say like, was he just too noble? Was he too clean? Yeah. Was he just too nice? You know, he was in the first one, but if you remember, T'Challa in Civil War was mm -hmm. not that. Mm -hmm. He was out for for vengeance, mm -hmm. but he then. Like let his father's killer go free, and mm -hmm. then becomes the no the noble T'Challa that you see in the first Black Panther movie. Mm -hmm. And like, yeah, Killmonger calls all of them out. He's like, your father was a hypocrite. Your brother was too noble. I yeah. got things done. Yeah. So what do you want to do? You want to be a noble or a hypocrite, or you want to get things done? Yeah. So, which is where it leads Shuri to like start off the rest, like the latter half, like Act Three of this movie, where she is the new Black Panther. And like fights with vengeance. Mm -hmm. So, yep. Yeah. But great conversation. There. Yes. So let's move on to what is missing that we can contribute. I, I mean, the big thing right off the bat is we're not dealing with the Christian worldview when we, when we watch this. I mean, you can read into a lot of Christian spirituality, especially with like what happens after death. There's just a lot of questions around that. Right. But essentially, Bast is their main God. Um, and they talk a lot about rejoining their ancestors. So there's ancestral worship, but, um, since the interwoven theme throughout the film is around grief and death, mm -hmm. um, I just want to share some scripture, uh, related to that. So Job 14, seven, 12, this is basically talking about death being final, mm -hmm. um, for there is hope for a tree if it be cut down that it will be, it will sprout again and that his shoot will not seize though. It's root grow old in the earth and it's stump die in the soul. Yet at the scent of water, it will bud and put out branches like a young plant, but a man dies and is laid low man breathes his last. And where is he as water fall or as waters fail from a lake and a river wastes away and dries up. So a man lies down and rises not again till the heavens are no more. He will not awake or be roused out of his sleep. So this movie does deal with death and death being final, specifically T'Challa 
and his death being final as Chadwick Boseman. Right. Um, so I was just, I, I just reflected on those verses as I was reading through Job this week. And I was like, man, what a great verse to just kind of play in play into the interwoven theme of what's happening in black Panther and what everyone's working through and coping with. Right. Um, and there, there's wisdom in death. So, and, and, and Queen Ramonda also advises this, this scripture to Shuri. Um, I mean, she doesn't specifically say these verses, but like, did she? No, no, she doesn't. But it's basically along the same lines, which is Ecclesiastes seven, one through 10. It says a good name is better than precious ointment and the day of death than the day of birth. It is better to go to the house of mourning than to go to the house of feasting. For this is the end of all mankind, and the living will lay it to heart. Sorrow is better than laughter, for by sadness of face the heart is made glad. The heart of the wise is in the house of mourning, but the heart of fools is in the house of mirth. And I looked into what mirth is, it's basically just amusement. And you see Shuri like wanting to go into technology and lean into that. And just amuse herself in, in that. Um, yeah. So it is better for a man to hear the rebuke of the wise than to hear the song of fools. For as the crackling of thorns under a pot, so is the laughter of fools. This is also vanity. Surely oppression drives the wise into madness and a bribe corrupts the heart. Better is the end of a thing than its beginning. And the patient in spirit is better than the proud in spirit. Be not quick to your spirit to become angry. Mm. And I was like, Oh man, there you go. for anger lodges on, in the heart of fools. Mm-hmm. Say not why were the former days better than these for it is not from wisdom that you ask this. Yeah. That, yeah. that definitely makes sense with queen Ramonda and mm-hmm. the fact that she is obviously older and that, that she's, allowed herself to you know feel that anger but being older she's allowed the patience mm-hmm. and her ability to experience grief in a way that's healthy mm-hmm. to to impart that wisdom onto shuri who's just full of anger and youthful rage and has mm-hmm. the power to do so mm-hmm. and but if she does she does it'll be problems so she begins decide to sedate herself mm-hmm. by immersing herself in her work mm-hmm. that's why i'm talking about like Technology is a form of sedation, mm-hmm. which we do that very often yeah. here in this country where so many of us just get on our smartphones and, or we jump on our computers and we just just allow the screens in front of us to just bring us down and not take us away from the real experiences of being human. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a sad reality that we find ourselves in and that's it's an interesting thing that I didn't really think about until just now, but Mm. so I think another thing that was missing is Marvel tends to do Disney. Marvel does this a lot is that we're constantly trying to set up new characters. And I think you and I both agree that one character that didn't really fit into this movie was Riri Williams. So yeah, you forgot. (laughs) Such an unmemorable character. Riri Williams, AKA Ironheart. If you didn't know, she is essentially She's going to be the next Tony Stark. So she is a very gifted and black tech genius. Oh, you didn't know. You didn't oh, know that? No. Yeah. That's why she's called Ironheart. Oh. So in the comic books, and someone can correct me if you're wrong, she is right. inspired by Tony Stark's designs and decides to carry on his legacy. And that's who this character is supposed to be. She doesn't really work in this story about Wakanda because 
First of all, you already have a tech genius by Shuri. So two tech geniuses in the same room, like it doesn't work. Like it worked, it worked initially with like Bruce Banner and, and Tony and Stark, Stark yeah. because they're two different people. Yeah. Like they're both two different geniuses at a different level. I think the way that they portrayed Shuri and Riwi are like, they're exactly the same, like gifted black teenagers. Like just which, one makes which Iron the movie Man suits. constantly narrates throughout the thing, but we'll get into that. Later. Yeah. So, but yeah, I didn't. In like you didn't really, you didn't really get you into her backstory. It. Some of the scenes where she's like supposed to be the audience surrogate almost. As like I don't know, you're not. You don't really fit this movie. You only fit in the way is like here's the advertisement for Ironheart. Hey, it's Ironheart. She's coming. She's got a TV show on Disney Plus coming out here soon. Yeah, that's that's she's gonna have a show. Because we got to advertise our next products. Just consume the product. So she was product placement. Literally product placement. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Like, if you if you take her out of the movie, nothing changes. Yeah. There's no value add. Like, you could easily add in, like, she builds a suit at the end of the movie that essentially helps fly around at the end of the battle, which they're take, it's taking place in Namor's element, which is water. So it's a giant ship battle. And she builds a suit to help, like catch up to him because he has the ability to fly with wings on his ankles and so you could just easily replace her with the ship and like nothing changes literally <laughs> nothing changes if you take her out of the movie so i think you're like right. disney what are you doing yeah you're right let's just des- let's descend into madness yes, with this let's next do it <laughs> to this next question because we got some stuff uh what evil can we stop we're gonna talk about some of the if you recall our rings of power episode the primary world (laughs) aspects of this and less of the secondary world so a lot of the social commentary that exists within black panther wakanda forever and within what disney is trying to push we're let's get into it let's get a little spicy all what right. Yeah. So they didn't particularly grind this axe very hard in Wakanda, but they still had all the elements of Hollywood's just woke equation, which yeah. is white people are evil. Black people are good. Europe and the United States is bad. Africa and BIPOC is good. Men are weak. Women are strong. And Disney Marvel. So I'm not going to say Marvel, but Disney, Disney Marvel, Marvel is all about their identity politics and it's like at a, at one point we're just like okay we get it yeah you we see, got it you actually see, it's more like we got it you see multiple interviews with the cast and even the ceo is saying we want to build movies that reflect the world that we live in today we want to see diversity and representation which we've talked about our thoughts on diversity and representation it's like it does it it's not it's not new like this is not a diverse movie if you really think about it <laughs> We're talking about two very, like, ethno. Those are eth- ethno states. A, the Kanda is an yeah. eth- Wakanda and Talokan are ethno states that are about closed borders and not sharing resources with the rest of the world. Like, let's get it, let's get into like these fictional ta- these fictional countries that exist. And like you said at the beginning of this, Wakanda is seen as the most powerful nation. Like. Who's going to come against them other than another powerful nation that also has the same kind of technology? Yeah. So just repurposed in a different way. And I think in a lot of ways way better because they can breathe in underwater. And they're 70% of the global Exactly. Map. Exactly. 
So yes, you you have the message, the quote unquote, the like the larger message that di- message that Disney and Marvel try to push about this. Um, yeah, it's a very strong female presence, which isn't in and of itself a bad thing. I think the the balance between women and men relationships in this movie could have been better. I would think it was played a lot better in the first movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but without like a lot of strong male leads in this, which I think Umbaku is a strong male lead. Oh, yeah. I think he does great. Yeah, like, actually. Winston, like the guy who plays Umbaku has always been 10 out of 10 in both movies. Mm-hmm. Like I would just want to see an Umbaku movie. Like give me that. Yeah. I'll, give me an Umbaku movie. See, that's a new story. That's an, yeah. He exists in the comics. Books. I know, but meaning like it's a new story. Yeah. Tell me about, out. tell me about him. Let me, let me know what he's about. Yeah. But I think like the balance between like, Hey, girl boss, tech geniuses. Like we know, we get it. We understand where you're coming from. Disney Marvel. You don't have to shove it down our throats every five seconds. Yeah. But yeah, that's the, the identity poli- politics about this. Uh, you sir have some numbers about this oh. movie, how it is done. Cause we saw this on opening weekend. Yes, we did. Um, so I, I pulled some numbers from, Sunday, November 13th. And I think the movie came out on the 8th. Um, on the 11th. Oh, the 11th? yeah, it was no, a Friday. Well, no, th- Thursday is when you could have started watching it. So I don't know. I can't do math. All right. So 10th. Oh, 10th. There yeah. you go. All right. So, um, I just wanted to see what are the numbers, uh, in regards to money. Cause that's kind of where you get to find out what's going to happen. So, yeah. uh, Disney and Marvel Studio Heroes sequel, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, earned an estimated $180 million this weekend. This is from boxofficepro.com. Actuals was, so they had to make, they had to come back and uh, state this, but which was uh, $181.3 million domestically. And, and that's about in line with what they actually projected. Um, from Disney, which was between 170 to 205 million. But that opening is 10% behind the original Black Panther you want to in know 2018. What? You want to know part of the reason? They didn't show it in China. Well, but this is domestic numbers. Oh, domestic. Yeah, you're yeah, right. Yeah, this is domestic numbers. It actually like, it hit hard because China didn't oh. get it showing. Because oh, in the movie, you do have a LGBTQ character, which China's not about that. They're not going to allow that. Well, I mean, you saw what China did with even Chadwick Boseman exactly. being on the poster. They replaced the poster with him being in, covered by the, the mask. Yeah, the costume. Yeah. Or, yeah, I guess we shouldn't call it costume. His suit. His suit, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, it's it's not looking great. I mean, they're, they didn't, they were behind Doctor Strange's Multiverse of Madness. Mm-hmm. It's like, man, that was a dark movie, but they didn't even beat that one. And then it's just, I don't know. They're just not doing great. And I think it's because I think Americans are just tired of this. Yeah, story. there's a lot of, so the evilness is like the Disney fatigue. So do you Disney remember? fatigue and identity politics, but yes. Franchise fatigue. fatigue, yeah. Yeah. Do you remember when Marvel used to be an event? Like when a Marvel movie came out, Yeah. it used to be like the biggest deal in the world. I remember when I first saw like the very first Avengers movie. I actually went to a, it was like a 12 hour movie marathon of every movie that came out from mm. Iron Man one and then ended with the premiere of Avengers. That was a crazy day because mm-hmm. I saw every movie that came out in the theater at that point. And that was really fun. Like that was an event and movies like that, like Endgame was an event. Infinity War was an event. And then post that 
because of Disney Plus, you got your TV shows, which you have a TV show character in this movie, which if you don't watch the TV shows, you would be totally lost. Yep. Like I had to tell you like, hey, this this character, it's a uh, Julie Weed Dreyfus's character who's actually her, I think her codename is like Miss Hydra. So just shout out for that. She actually comes from Captain Falcon and Winter Soldier, the TV show. Oh. So, yeah, I so, just know that she's she's basically a villain. Yeah, she is yeah. a villain. Okay. So you have the TV shows and you have the movies which come out like there's like two or three a year now. And just people are getting tired of it. Yeah. And so they just need to slow down. I think I think there are a couple of them I think are going to be going to hit big just because the actors in it. Like we, there's a trailer for Ant-Man uh, and the mm-hmm. Wasp Quantumania, which has Jonathan Majors as Kang the Conqueror, who's going to be, he's the big villain of this phase mm-hmm. of Marvel movies, which, man, he he's he's a good actor. If you saw Loki uh, and he showed up as the villain in Loki, he's great. I think he's going to do great. He's got a, he's, he gets to do a lot of different things because this is a multiverse saga. So he gets to play different versions of himself. Um, so I think that's going to hit hard. Mm. Um, so there's some big things coming down in the pipe, but again, like they're just doing too much, man. They need to slow down. What's well, like not my problem is, is I didn't know anything about Kane and that he's going to be the villain in phase five. Yeah. yeah phase phase five. five and six. Yeah. So it's just like, I'm not, I have to watch all of Loki to find out his backstory. Exactly. And it's like, I don't have time for that. Well, you quit Disney plus anyway. Yeah. That's so. a- <laughs> hey, if Loki's that good, I might buy it. It's good. But, all right. Yeah. Okay. You can't buy it. You got to stream it. You can't buy it? Like, you can't just buy episodes? I don't think so. Oh. I think you have to own Disney Plus. Oh. You can't own anything anymore, man. What yeah. are you talking about? You got to stream. Sorry, Disney. Uh, so, yeah, there's that. So, now let's get into some other things. Let's talk some more numbers. We've got deadline reports on demographics for Wakanda Forever, where the audience for the opening weekend was made up of 44% black, 21% Hispanic, and Latino. 20% Caucasian and then 15% Asian or other. So when you're talking about box office numbers, I think there's a particular reason why this movie didn't do as well, uh, particularly in the areas of demographics. I'm going to read for you a quote that if you were on the internet for any amount of time while this movie was being pushed, you'll know what I'm talking about. So this is from a viral TikTok content creator by the name of Lavender Lee. It's since been, this post has since been deleted, but the post says, this message is to all our wimpy accomplices, would-be accomplices, and white allies. This message is to all the white people who have BLM in their bio. Uh, you can go see Black Panther Wakanda Forever on another weekend. Go see it on the second or third weekend. But the first weekend, that's for us, her, us being black people. If you go see Wakanda Forever on opening weekend, you are an anti-black, you're anti-black. White people need to stay away so that black people can enjoy that movie in peace. If you really want to prove to black people that you love us and you care about us and you are down for the cause, do not go see that movie opening weekend. You buy your ticket, you give it to a black person or a black family who can't afford to go, and then you go sit in the theater in front of the doors. You make sure that every black person in the theater can enjoy that movie in peace. You make sure that you use your body to block us from anybody who'd be coming in that theater to do us harm. That is your job. And she created a GoFundMe for people to donate to give money to black families to see this movie, which is still active, by the way. Uh, that is insane. Do you have the numbers pulled up on her GoFundMe? Uh, let me let me pull it up. <laughs> it's 
<laughs> like, what? What? Is, what? Hold on. What's her final goal? Isn't I think her like, final goal was two thousand dollars. You know, it? you know, she's pocketing that two thousand dollars. So as of right now, she's sitting at six hundred and fifty-three dollars. Fifty-three dollars out of two thousand. Out of how many people have donated so far? Um, doesn't say how. Many. Oh, eighteen donations so oh. far. So, I think they stopped because, <laughs> like, I I found this like several days ago and it stopped. But man, how could you think that was a good idea? Like, and there and she wasn't the only person who talked about this. There were only a few people, and luckily these were in the minority. But these became so viral that I think it affected people in a way. Where like, why 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 would I interact with this movie when this is such like when you have people like this who are very outwardly racist towards white people just for the sake of a movie and here's what i want to get into um i know you have a bunch of other stuff about about colonization and other things like that how colonization is evil and how they poke fun at uh, everett ross played by martin freeman calling them their favorite colonizer yeah and i just want to say this i don't understand why I know Black Panther has always been an event for black people and how a movie like this is speaks too much to the collective consciousness of black people. And personally for me, I don't understand as to why if you're black and you're listening to this, please help me understand why this is such a big deal. Like, why is this movie so effective? I've been like watching videos and reading articles about like why Black Panther, even the first movie was such a cultural moment for black people based on previous events and experiences that black people have had in this country as of late, because black Panther, the first movie came out in 2018, uh, was announced in 2014. And if you know who was president at the time of this movie's releasing, you know, there's a lot of stuff that came out. Um, it's president Trump, obviously. Uh, but there's a lot of discourse surrounding that. And when you have a group of people who I felt like they have not, uh, been recognized being represented in a movie specifically for them, connecting them to their roots of Africa. People came out in droves. It became like this huge monumental event. And there's a lot of historical references that again, I personally don't understand. And this just always always leads me to believe And anytime a movie like this comes out where the majority of the actors are, are black or people of color and there's always the discourse surrounding that. You have this crazy, insane, racist uh, uh, TikTok video. And I'm like, man, am I missing something? Like, what is it What is it about movies like this for black people that speak so heavily? And it just always reminds me of, like, how I feel disconnected to that, to, like, the collective consciousness of black people. And I, I, I constantly wonder why that is. I'm getting very personal if you're listening to this. So, and uh, I'll tell you a little bit why. So when I was younger, I went to, uh, I went on tours to like all black colleges and universities, HBCUs, if you're familiar with that lingo. And even the video I watched talk about Black Panther in terms of fraternities. And so um, never was into a fraternity, even like black black fraternities sororities like i've never understood that just fraternities like greek like in general but that's besides the point 
Uh, but I remember I went on this tour with is like all black high school students were visiting colleges and universities. It's really cool to see like, you know, what black people are doing out in the, in the collegiate space in the mm-hmm. academic spheres. And for, for something for me personally, it just didn't, I didn't feel like I was a part of this community. I felt like because of maybe the way I talked, maybe the way I dressed, I just didn't feel a connection. I had some friends in there, but like as, as like part being part of a community, I just didn't feel like I was a part of community because of, I didn't understand what was being said. I don't understand like some of the cultural things, but obviously I, you know, kind of did cause you know, being raised black and like, you understand, you know, your history and all that. But like in general with my peers, I don't think I really understood that. And so I think in remembering that while thinking about this movie in particular is like, maybe that's why, maybe there is like some, some hurt there mm. personally for me. Maybe there's just something that I'm missing, but it reminded me that the reason why I don't always connect with this kind of stuff is because I don't place my identity and my value on being black. My identity is first and foremost on being a Christian. And so my identity comes from God. Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to read you just the first, like a scripture that came to mind. Like I have a bunch of them, but so God created man in his own image in the image of God. He created him male and female. He created them. That's Genesis 1:27. That is the very first part of God creating man. So we are made in the image of God, all of us, no matter what we look like. And so I am tethered as a Christian to my creator, ultimately found in him. And even more so um, in Galatians 2.20, Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So my identity is now in Christ, not in my skin color. And for so long, I've felt, this is my observation for the quote unquote black community, is that we value so much of ourselves in being black in the quote unquote black experience where I'm like, I don't understand what you mean by that. What is the black experience? What does it mean to be black in America? Is there only one way to be black in America? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so I've always felt on the out because of that, because of certain things that I do that would find me on the out of that community by the way I talk, by the way who I associate with, who I even vote for voting Political issues are a big, big thing in the black community, and they will get you ostracized from that. Like, I'm just going to be real. If you vote for Trump, if you're a Republican, you will be ostracized from the black community. I'm just going to be honest. You see it time and time again. If you want to know more on that, just look at Kanye. (laughs) Look, Look at Kanye. Look at Ice Cube. Look at Lil Wayne. Look at any black conservative that is out there. They are now, they're demonized, ostracized, and ridiculed by the larger black community well yeah and i think you point out that very word which is community yeah community means you have to have a shared unity on certain values and principles right and by that by saying black community instead of or compared to christian community that's where the disconnect is happening Mm -hmm. because it really depends on where you find your identity in, within those, those two communities. So yeah. if you find it in the Christian community, you can go to any brother in Christ and have a 
bond with one another that exactly. is only found in Christ. Right. And then if you are all about the black community, then do you find shared values and bonds in that? Yeah. But the question that we have to ask is, where do you find your identity? Yes. Is it in Christ or is it in you being black? Yeah. Or of a particular skin color? Right. And it's just in movies like this, it uh, that always comes up. I don't think white people deal with this a lot. I don't know. I don't know if white people deal with identity. They, I guess they do. Do you, you're Korean. So is that something that is identity a big thing for, for people who are Korean descent or Chinese, Japanese? Yeah. I I would say there's a lot of national pride in, in that. But I think what you're specifically speaking to is, the word racism is just totally out of context. It really should be ethnic prejudice right. because when you, when we see white people, we just think they're Americans. Right. But the reality is you can put a hundred white people in a room and there's Scottish, English, Dutch, Polish. Right. Or I guess now Jewish because they, they threw them in there too. So you have a collection of different ethnic Groups. Right. And you throw a bunch of, well, say yellow people into a room. You have Koreans, Asian or Koreans, Japanese, Chinese, Taiwanese, right? Like Filipinos. No. And it's the same thing. Same thing with, with black people. Right. Like you have Haitians, you have Nigerians, you have Ethiopians, Ghanaians, you got South Africans, you got Congo, you got Egypt, you got got all of these different collection of, of, ethnic groups right that just are the same skin color right which is it just makes it hard to like connect with a lot of this because not every like black person is going to think differently right like not every black person is going to like even even see that played out in wakanda the like black paper the first oh, movie yeah. between killmonger and t'challa mm-hmm. where even though killmonger is a wakandan Half Wakandan, I guess, but yeah. he has—he's an heir to the throne. He lived in Oakland, California. He lived during, like, you know, he lived during like areas like Jim Crow and racism. So, mm-hmm. like, that's how he grew up. Whereas T'Challa lived as a king in power and privilege. Mm-hmm. And so you see, like, this combination of like, where were you? Like, he even refers to them in Wakanda forever as the Lost Tribe. Like, I don't know if you, if you know, if you heard that, but he called them the lost tribe, mm. like black people who live in America or even probably black, other black people who live in Africa. It's like, he's addressing this very ethnocentric state of isolationists mm-hmm. that where do you, you've done nothing to help us. Mm-hmm. So like you have that conflict and that's an actual real conflict between Africans from Africa and black Americans today. So that's, that's a thing that exists. That is correct. So, um, so like it just personally it just makes it hard for me to connect because I don't find my identity in my in my race. Not to say that I didn't learn about my history and I understand like what that means and it's great and I love you know like I love how I was made just like you you love how you ma- how you were made. Like mm-hmm. I don't discount the fact that I'm black obviously, but because of the fact that I'm a Christian, I find more value in who I am in Christ mm-hmm. rather than who I am as a black man. Mm-hmm. So yeah. And, and, and that's a, that's a good segue to even talking about where 
where were, I guess in this case, Wakandans when the lost tribe in the United States was, but so, so much of identity politics is politics is basically that. And, and the, the interwoven thread is that white people are going to enslave us. Right. So that's the whole reason why they just keep bringing this theme up. But mm-hmm. like slavery is still practiced today. It is like everywhere in the world other than the Western world. Yeah. And I mean, yes, you can get into things about like human trafficking and all of that. But the reality is like slavery is very much not practiced in the Western world. Thanks to William Wilberforce and all the other people that sacrificed their life to stop the transatlantic slave trade. But I mean, it's like this, this institution of slavery has existed from the beginning of recorded history. Right. It's been there the whole time. So if anything, Thank you, Mr. Wilberforce, and basically reversing human just depravity across the globe in that sense, and 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 Hollywood never want never wants to talk about that. So like even they in this, ch- yeah. you know, they tried to with the Woman King, <laughs> but even that was Hollywoodized yes. to the realities of hey, this was actually a component of the largest slave trade that yes. happened. So yeah. They tried and yeah. they failed dramatically yeah. in that. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you see Okoye and Shuri poke fun at Agent Ross and calling him their favorite colonizer. But I don't like that. Yeah. I don't like that I at was, all. Like, yeah. Imagine, if you will, that was reversed. <laughs> How would you feel? If that was just, do, that's, yeah. that's, a, that's, a, that's just a joke that we do. Because yeah. it's okay to dog on the white person because they come from a place of power and privilege. That's right. It's okay for us to be racist against them, even though we're more powerful than them. Like from their perspective, they are the most powerful powerful nation on the planet. Tech beyond light years of innovation that even the U.S. military is like, I could, we only dream of having this kind of technology. And yet they refer to this CIA agent as a colonizer, not knowing his history. And he just takes it like white people take a backseat to this and it's just so, I'm just sick of it, man. I mean, I don't like just the constant beating up of white people just because it's their time to get it. It's our time to shine. Like, yeah. it makes no sense. So let's just state that colonialism is very much misunderstood. Hmm. Like, so we'll take an example of Namor's history and or Namor's history. Namor. And I cannot roll my tugs, but <laughs> tongue. Um, but like the conquistadors. They came, they showed up to the Aztecs and the way we're taught in history class today is that this is terrible because when they showed up, the wonderful Pocahontas like Mesoamericans were living in peace and harmony with nature and, 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 and then the mean old colonizer slash conquistador showed up and ruined everything and burned and pillaged their, brought the smallpox, brought the plague. Right. So they were fine. But if you read any history of the Aztec people, like they were some of the most wicked people to ever live. I mean, they were openly worshiping demons. They were killing like almost, almost a hundred thousand people in does, a four day period. Does uh, the phrase uh, Kalima come to come to mind? <laughs> Indiana Jones, Temple of Doom. Yeah. 
And it was for like the consecration of the temple of Tenochtitlan. Oh, nice. Yeah, I think I got that right. Yeah, I I can't say that. You and, did. Yeah, but like, you know, Cortez and the conquistadors, they came over and they basically said like, stop worshiping demons, stop sacrificing people, stop eating your people. And that's a shout out to the Carib Islanders where we get the word cannibal from. And you should worship God, know God, and convert to Christianity. And that is, Christianity was an incredible export of the Western world. Yeah. And obviously that does not get into like all the complexities of what humans have done with that. Like the Spanish Inquisition and the Crusades. Yes. Yeah. But if you were to just look at Christianity and what is what the message is within Christianity itself and I guess take out the human sin that's involved in how that message might have been spread. Yeah, it's very it's very nuanced yeah. into how this all played out. But let's not I think you make a good point. Let's not get it twisted. Colonization is not reserved for Europeans. It's been happening for centuries mm-hmm. amongst humans. There will always be someone who wants to take someone else's land. That's someone who wants to come to someone else's resources. It's why China built the Great Wall. <laughs> like that's the whole point of the Great Wall of China. Like, and, and they've been doing that all throughout history. Yeah. It is not reserved for one group of people. Right. Now we're focusing on specific groups of people within this movie. Mm-hmm. But just just remember, like colonization is not reserved for for the Europeans. It's yeah. everywhere. It's existed everywhere. It will I mean, all of the known world has been conquered at this point. But mm-hmm. like back then, you know, that's the thing. Right. Like going even going back as far as, you know, the pilgrims going back to Thanksgiving. Yeah. The Indians themselves were fighting among themselves oh, before yeah. the pilgrims even got there. Yeah. Yes, America was already discovered, but they were still fighting amongst themselves. So let's In not get it twisted. Brutal ways. Yeah. So you like there to. wasn't yeah. a like no one is righteous no one not but one to bring scripture into this everyone was at some point evil and killing each other yeah and colonizing each other for land and resources so mm-hmm. that's like that is a constant amongst humans yes it is the consequences of sin yeah. itself it happened even with the first brothers yeah in the bible yeah. they've been doing it since the very beginning literally of day one day one <laughs> Yes. So it's way more complex than that. Yeah. Hollywood just loves making right. indigenous people look like Pocahontas and Avatar. And it's it's not that. <laughs> I mean, oh, they were. Out. I know. And they were not pacifist cultures. No. Not one bit. So that's what I have to say about the evil within Wakanda. Yeah. yeah. Let's let's wrap it up. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Brokenness that we can be restored. I think you touched on it. Hollywood in the movie industry is just stop telling me, stop giving me your messages. Mm-hmm. I think they're just, they're just, they have a message that they're trying to spread. Yes. And they're doing it because they control the institution of Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Disney is a multi-billion dollar corporation, which it's still, it's always reminds me that Amazon and Disney and Marvel are multi-billion dollar corporations trying to tell you about peace amongst humans and humanity when they themselves are, you know, 
evil corporations within themselves. And, and, and they goes, do it just, they exploit people for money. Yeah. Like, let's not forget <laughs> about that. So it's just, yeah, identity politics, that's a big thing. Mm-hmm. Write good stories, make new stories. Let's make a story about Umbaku. <laughs> let's yeah. do that. Yep. Um, hey, that actually makes me think about it too. Like, Umbaku has his own culture, even within Wakanda. Yeah. Yeah. The Jabardi so, tribe, man. That's right. Shout out. Shout out. Um, yeah. Yeah. What you got? And, and I have just a quick message for the church. Please read, 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 read. I know social media is addicting. Yeah, don't get don't play. get all of your your learning from YouTube and yes. social media. So like please read. There are incredible books out there. And I'm just gonna mention three that I, I guess as recommendations to open up your mind. Like really love the Lord with your mind. Yeah. It's Thomas Sowell's The Quest for Cosmic Justice. Mm-hmm. Rodney Stark's how the West won, and Glenn Sunshine's Why You Think the Way You Do. Beautiful one. Read those books, and your mind will be exercised in ways that you have never, like, never you could have never imagined. Yeah. I'm not saying that, like, the Bible is, yes, read your Bibles too. But Obviously. Yes, that's what we should do as the that's church. A, that's a core yes. of every Christian. But just other thought leaders out there like they're these are incredible books so yeah aside from that i think we've talked about wakanda forever enough um forever and ever and ever forever and ever and ever, and ever. so um yeah so let's wrap it up so well, that's some that's some good recommendations i think that's a good place to end on yeah so, okay Sweet. but yeah that will do it for this episode of walk and chew gum thank you again for listening to us thank you for listening to our spiciness we've turned up the spice meter <laughs> for our episodes yes. uh, but thank you so much for for checking us out you can follow us on Insta- instagram at walk and chew pod with underscores in between all those words or if you want to send us an email we want to interact with you we want to hear how you feel about this movie or any of our thoughts if you have criticism both positive and negative feel free to email us at walk and chew pod at gmail.com again my name is chike my name is james we'll see you next time godspeed happy thanksgiving bye